there's two guiding principles that uh, I hold closest to my heart. And it's one, be curious, ask why, think critically. And then the second one's listen attentively, speak candidly, treat others respectfully. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome back to part three of our three-part series, Compelling Communication. In a recent episode of Status Go, CIO Ryan Brubaker of Seven Corners stated, at the end of the day, as CIO, I'm in sales. Well, that got us thinking here at Status Go. Wouldn't it be great to bring Anita Nielsen, author of Beat the Bots and sales coach extraordinaire, back on the show and have her deep dive into that concept with several CIOs? So we've been doing exactly that. Welcome back to the show, Anita. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Anita. I'd love to introduce our guest today, and then I'll turn the reins over to you. I have had the pleasure of knowing Earl for, I think we can measure it in decades, uh, Earl. We can. Yeah. <laughs> we won't say how many. We won't say how many, at, at least more than one, and maybe more than two. Who knows? Uh, anyway, Earl has his first CIO role, and that is at Renaissance Life and Health Insurance Company of America. And not only is it his first CIO role, it's their first time having a CIO. So Earl, I'd like to introduce you to my good friend, Anita Nielsen. Anita, this is Earl. Hey, good to see you, Earl. Good to see you, Anita. Looking forward to uh, talking today. Anita, I will toss it to you. Perfect. So I, first of all, congratulations, Earl, the fact that you are not only a new CIO, but you're building the CIO role from scratch. That is just the coolest. I'm sure we have a million questions for you. But I want to start with this. Ryan did make that comment about the um, technology team being a sales role. Are you buying that? What are your thoughts on that? So yes and no. So it is a sales role. <laughs> but what I would say, it extends beyond that. And to me, it's, it's some, also a marketing role. Okay. And, and what, you know, what do I mean by that? So I, as I was thinking through this, I, I actually pulled up the, what is the definition of marketing? And so I'm going to read this. Okay. The action or business of promoting and selling products or services. So as, as a CIO, you know, think about that. One, you're, you're selling a new idea. You want to put that out there. You want to talk about how that can be of value. And there's a lot of marketing pieces where you really come, that comes into play. That continues throughout to even when you're rolling out the product. Okay. So now it's, again, you're putting out there a reason why people want to take advantage of it. So as, as you think about that, you really have to create that marketing strategy, that communication plan. And, and, you know, Ryan talked a little bit about this. Mike talked extensively about this earlier in the series and with uh, Hannah, uh, that communication plan. So think about how that is, you know, what, what are the key components of that? One, you're talking a, a segmentation. Okay. So there's that need. And you kind of divide the group into what the different needs are. You then target the communication because different people hear things differently. And so the analogy I've, you know, I've used, you know, probably a, a thousand times is in my mind, it's like a, like a new movie. It's like a movie release. Okay. 
So you start building up that excitement 90 days ahead of time, and then and it continues. But one of the first things you have to do is go, okay, I have a movie, and let's say it's a brand, the newest Marvel movie that you know I think one's coming out here next weekend or so. You have to determine what, what is your audience, all right? And so that audience could be those hardcore uh, superhero folks, and you're probably going to go to Comic-Con and uh, advertise there to get them. Or it could be someone out in a date night, and there's a different type of advertising, different type of promotion that you need to do there. So it's no different from IT, okay? We have different audiences. It could be your executive team, and there's a different communication strategy that you really need to take with your executive team, which may be in-person, one-on-one conversations, talking at a higher level as to the benefits. And then there could be your, your frontline staff that are actually going to use this new product. That in itself could be an email, it could be a uh, recorded video, it could be uh, group sessions. And so determining what that different audience is, it determines what it is. So so Ryan, yes, I agree, it's a salesperson, but I, I think it continues upon there. And it, to me, it's also that marketing component to it. I think that's great. I wish I would have thought of it, point A. Um, but point <laughs> B, I think that that so ties in as well to what we do as you know, as a sales coach, what I do is I talk to salespeople and I emphasize how they have to get better at marketing. But as part of working with sales teams, inevitably you end up working with marketing. And this is something that is so important is the link between marketing and sales. So for example, it's almost like a, um, it's like a, a sales sandwich, right? There's marketing on the front end where people creating hype, getting everyone excited, attracting the right people. Then, then there's the sales role, which kind of comes in and makes sure that everything fits where it needs to fit. Make sure that, um, in this case, the customer is getting what they need out of whatever it was that they positioned and whatever they implemented. And then after that, it's, it's again marketing, but it's a different kind of marketing. At this point, the marketing is how do we make sure that internally the executives and the organization recognizes that we did create value by whatever it is that we sold or changed right, as an IT team? And I think that is critical, um, you know, as we're seeing in sales it's becoming more and more important that salespeople get really good at marketing because that is part of what people are looking for now is like your personal brand online, et cetera. And I think that being a salesperson is absolutely correct, but I agree. There's gotta be some marketing, not only um, just with that salesperson, but like you said, as an organization, it needs to be kind of supporting what's going on for sales or service in this case. I think that's a great analogy. The sandwich analogy is absolutely perfect. And in the, you know, to continue along that is it's also, it's not only a sandwich, but it could be multiple sandwiches. True. Because, you know, it's it's like uh, the standard uh, shampoo bottle, you know, rinse and repeat. Uh, it, it's yeah. the same thing here is you, as you continue to sell and you continue to push it out, you, you then start the cycle over and just goes on and on and on. Yeah, and it could be something different. I mean, every different initiative you have will have slightly different um, content and messaging, but the process itself is the same. So yeah, there's many, many sandwiches. It's like a big fat picnic. Um, and, and I think that- You're making me hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to do that. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think it's hard enough for IT people to kind of embrace this idea of sales. But I also think that marketing is a concept that maybe might be difficult you know, we're talking about highly technical people. It's hard to find technical people that are really good also at having a business conversation or a marketing conversation. Mm -hmm. Kind of what are your thoughts on helping, um, for example, your team, IT people understand the marketing and the sales piece of it? So a, a lesson I learned uh, long ago is I, I cannot be an expert in everything. And so you have to rely on the experts. And so yeah. 
quite often what I've done is I have our organization will team with our corporate communications department. Okay. So they are experts right. on the market and they're, they're experts on communication. We will create li- liaisons inside of IT, uh, you know, an IT product owner or a business relationship management uh, role who will help vocalize and communicate and work with that communications department to determine what is that plan? What is that strategy overall? So it's very common for me to, we're rolling out a new product. I send that to the communications team and say, here's what I want to do. Go do your magic. And you know, they, they come up with things that uh, my mind could never come up with from, create, from a creative perspective. And, and they do an amazing job at it. So uh, I, I really want to rely on the folks who have that expertise. Yeah. It's a partnership, definitely. I think we learned that um, when Hannah spoke on the last episode, mm-hmm. episode before last. She um, she was talking about how she has to have a partnership with the people in, in the IT team for her to be able to understand what it is that they're doing so that she can then translate it into messaging that'll resonate with the business, for example, or other audiences. You know, in sales, it's not so different. We'll have a product owner at a company and they've got their idea of what a value proposition is. They know how great the product is and the features and benefits. And it works best when there's somebody standing in between them and sales, like a product marketing person that can take that information and turn it into something that is comfortable and easy for the sales team to go and articulate in their sales conversation. So it's kind of the same thing. There's a partnership that goes in there. It's almost like a translator. I I sometimes want to say the business relationship manager role, for example. That's absolutely the case. You need to understand the message you're trying to deliver and how it's received. Uh, you know, a good good way of doing this is take a message you want to do and, and, you know, pull your family aside and deliver it to them and see if it resonates with them or not. I love it. Quite often it might not. And then you're going, okay, well, then now I, I need to uh, I need to change the language. I need to change the approach to it. Man, I bet dinner at your house is pretty fun. <laughs> I think it's fun. <laughs> Others may That's disagree. Great. That's great. No, but it's so true. And it's, you know, only I'm only half jokingly saying in my past, when I've worked with technology people. I mean, I can operate a, a mobile phone on a good day if I'm lucky. But the value has always been when I'm on any of these teams is, okay, if you can explain it to me, you can explain it to anybody, mm-hmm. right? And so that's something that in, I just totally inadvertently created value for a sales team because they need to go sell to a customer and they've, they're just thinking technology. They're thinking right, product, right. but I'm here to say, what is it going to do for me? And it makes you have to kind of think. And I think the same thing is true with IT teams. You know, they've, they're just brilliant people. I mean, my observation is that the amount of technical knowledge that people in um, IT teams have, it's mind blowing. But taking that to a person who doesn't understand technology, it can often end up intimidating if it's not done correctly. So back to why that uh, translation and that partnership is so important. I agree completely. The, the, the communication is critical. It's I diverge just slightly, but you know when yeah. when we have interns come in and they talk about what skills do I need to be successful in mm-hmm. IT, the number one thing I tell them is communication. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So you, you can be the most brilliant yeah. person in the world, but if you can't cannot actually communicate that outwards, that's right. It's lost. That's right. And, you know, I always say values in the eye of the buyer, right, or the customer. And so what you think oh, is valuable point, yeah. isn't necessarily valuable to them. So what you have to figure out is from communicating properly, right, asking questions and having that curiosity, like what is valuable to this person and to this person that we're selling to that audience um, that you segmented, then talk to that. And that's, I mean, that's actually a gift. It's hard to find people that have that talent um, or have been, you know, have honed that talent over years in IT because 
still so many organizations just don't understand the importance of communication within an IT organization. It's kind of sad, actually, but I love that you're getting the opportunity to build it from scratch. So I've got a question for you on that as well. Um, you know, obviously, one of the goals for IT teams today is to not just be kind of a you know, a service to the business or to be a seat at the table, but just be intertwined with the business. Mm -hmm. So it's not even an afterthought. It's not an afterthought. It's not separate. It is part of the core business. What have you been doing to kind of start that journey to get to that point? Yeah, so there's two pieces, probably two parts to this uh, uh, question. So one is uh, myself. What have I been doing in, in behalf of uh, for the IT team? is one was to really create that roadmap, that strategic plan as to where we want to go as an IT organization and tie that tie that to the business strategy, okay? So the IT plan itself is not created in a vacuum. It is tied to the business plan. And so how, how I went about doing that was uh, started having interviews with the entire uh, executive team, our, our leadership team, our um, uh, strategic partners, are the IT staff, uh, certain people in the business. And so literally for the first two weeks before I started, because I kind of cheating, got a head start on this. And then after uh, I started, I just did nothing but listen. So I was like a reporter. And I probably, probably filled up an entire notebook of notes and asking questions as to what's, what is success? What's not working? What is working? And just taking notes on that. And then from there, created the plan. And as I created the plan, I shared that with folks to start getting input on that. And so now, now I'm on that, that, that marketing path. So the plan has been created. I've shared that with our CEO. I've shared that with our CEO. I've shared that with certain uh, leaders on the entire leadership team. I've shared that with the entire IT team. I've shared that with the sales department. I've shared ideas over that with the finance team. And so it's going out there and sharing that message over and over and over and using my voice to resonate that message. Taking that back, though, in the IT team itself is to make sure they understand that message. So part of what we did in that plan is we created some guiding principles, direction, focus as to what can the IT staff do to be better intertwined with the business. So yeah. there's two guiding principles that uh, of all, all the ones I, to, I hold closest to my heart. Okay, And it's one, be curious, ask why, yeah. think critically. And then second one's listen attentively, speak candidly, treat others respectfully. So if you're out there talking to your customer, understand what they're asking. Be curious. Understand that. Be respectful while you're asking, but understand that. Why? Because now we can create a better solution. Because now we understand what the, what the why is behind that. It also allows our IT team to understand the business better because they understand the business driver behind it. So going back to back to the communication, understand the need. And then let's focus from once we know the need, how can we actually satisfy it? The other part is, uh, you know, it's a little bit around uh, education of our technical team is on business terms. And so you'll find quite often technical people are really good. And, you know, Neil, you mentioned this really good at technical uh, talk. But when it gets to the business terms and why they're there in the first place, sometimes they, they fall a little flat. And so it's on, upon me and our leadership team to improve the business knowledge of our IT team. Uh, through insurance training, through uh, training related directly to Renaissance itself and how we do business. So they are not only a technologist, but they are a business person that understands technology. I think that's incredible. I think that one of the things that's so important is that 
IT people, when they're given the opportunity to learn about the business, my observation is that they are stellar at it. I mean, they'll take the time, they'll listen, as long as it's organized in a way that makes sense to them. And I think that, again, everything goes back to communication and communicating in a way that resonates with the person who's listening. Um, the other thing I want to comment on what you said was the the curiosity. So now I work with a lot of my um, sales leader clients to try to help them uh, hire new salespeople. And I always call out curiosity as one of the most important things that they have to look for. The second one is active listening. So this is another one of those um, three things that I always talk about. It's research, it's the Mm -hmm. questions, and it's the active listening. And if you can help the person that you're speaking to, whether that's the business or if it's a customer, if they truly feel heard, what you've achieved and what you've gained from a trust standpoint there it's like rocket fuel to helping that relationship grow and making sure that communication um, stays open. So it's really important that people are, we call it discovery in the sales world, but it's just, it's the learning. It's the baseline of what's going on, what matters to you. um, And back to the whole values in the eye of the customer. I think the discovery is what gives you the ability. Those questions get you there. I agree. And, you know, the active listening that you mentioned is, is a tough skill for, to learn, because uh, quite yes. often people are listening to respond and really it's it's exactly hearing right. the response, you pause, yeah. and then you collect your thoughts and, and you reply. And showing that active listening, now there's a connection at a, a deeper level. There's that empathy there. And now mm-hmm. guess what? If you're, if you're going through a project or and there's an issue, there's a connection there. Now you're part together in trying to figure out a solution. Yeah, exactly. I mean, empathy is so critical in any kind of relationship. But I think in business, when you can find um, individuals, whether it's teams collaborating or if it's a leader to an employee, the ability to have that empathy really is what is the foundation for good communication. Right? I mean, if I'm communicating something the way that I would communicate it without regard to how that person would consume it, it's like you said before, it's going to fall flat. I mean, it's just that's not going to work out very well for anybody involved. So you said that you're kind of working with your team and you're helping them learn how to speak the business. Can you, and I know the audience would love to hear this, can you give a couple of specific examples of what you've done to help them get that learning? I know you said they learned about the insurance, but really specific, like what kind of coaching and training did they get? Did they get? Yeah, so, so one of the things critically, and uh, so anyone who's ever worked with me in the past will know, and they, they quickly learn this. Um, if they come to me, if, uh, you know, if the business wants to do this, and I go, why? And they don't know the answer that they're immediately going to leave my office and go find the answer. <laughs> That's great. And it, it's a, it's a trained behavior uh, because yeah, yeah. it's a challenge to them is I want you, I want you to understand really why they're asking that. Take that extra step, take the time because now you're a better partner. And so it's, it's using examples like that is exactly what's driving that. The other thing from a, a training perspective is very important for me is when we do goals is to actually set a goal that is based on learning and training uh i've heard throughout my career i'm too busy i don't have time no set time aside in your calendar block it out block it out an hour a week block out a half a day a month but block out the time to learn the training and you and your your leader you guys should work together together as a partnership to understand what is what is your goal and how can we get there and then figure out what the training is, is what that can be. That could be a class. That could be a book. Uh, I've, you know, become an, you know, an avid reader over the last several years of uh, learning other people's experiences. And it's the fun thing is, you know, so it's not only just reading modern readers, but it's reading uh, philosophers from uh, 2000 years ago. 
because we've been learning as a human population for thousands of years. So let's take some of that knowledge, take little nuggets here, there, there, and, and together that ends up painting what your view of the world is. And I love that, Earl, because it also starts with the top by showing the example. You, you mentioned the learned behavior mm-hmm. of, hey, if I ask you why and you don't know the answer, you go back. But the other thing that you said in there was setting aside the time to learn. And you are a great role model for that. I know uh, because I know you that you do set aside time for your own professional development. And sometimes that's hard for CIOs to do is to carve out that time for themselves. What led you to that uh, understanding that you needed that time yourself? It was probably five or 10 years ago. Back then, it was, oh, there's a the networking event. Nah, I'm too busy for that. I, there's always a thousand excuses. And slowly over time, I said, you know, it goes back to, again, I don't know everything. Okay. It, mm-hmm. When I was young, guess what? I thought I knew everything. So <laughs> I, I figured out I don't know everything. And that there's a lot of people out there who have been there, done that. Uh, there was a recent uh, CIO you know, dinner I attended, and one of the things was, every problem faced today has probably been faced before. Mm, So have that network there, have that collection of people to base Mm -hmm. different ideas off of and hear what other people are doing. It may lead you to a different decision or most likely even a better decision. Um, And so it it was, there was no single point in time that did that. It was just really slowly uh, started the process. And then it started again, nugget, nugget, nugget. And I started going, wow, I'm a lot better at what I do professionally and personally by doing this. And that's why I continue to do it today. And I have really become a champion of this uh, with my teams is that it's important for you to do that because it's a mistake I made earlier in my career. And I want people to you know, learn from that yeah. um, and overall become better people as a whole. I think another thing that, I, that I'd love to, to talk about here for a, a minute or two is when we were talking a few weeks ago, you used a great analogy, and it might have been that your CEO used this analogy. Uh, and it's one that may sound familiar to people, but you put a little bit of a different twist on it. And it's the airplane analogy. Could you tell us that? And then I've got a follow-up question to that once you tell us that analogy. All right, fair enough. Uh, so when I was having conversations with our CEO and our COO about joining Renaissance, the conversation was, uh, we're flying an airplane. From a technology perspective, we don't know where we're landing and we don't know if we're going to land safely. And so we need you to come in, paint what that destination is going to be and make sure the landing gear is there so we can land safely. And so it's so that's really if you think about the focus of that roadmap right there. So where are we going? Are we going to be safe when we get there? So here's the marketing and sales question that pops in my head as I as I was thinking about that that story is. To me, hearing that creates this incredible sense of urgency. You know, I'm a new CIO. I'm coming into an organization that's never had a CIO before. And now they're telling me that the plane's about to crash with no landing gear, right? How do you, how do you yourself take the time to remain calm, talk to your team, build this plan, and then move forward? It sounds like, you know, hey, put the oxygen mask on the person next to you first kind of thing. So how do you do that? What, what skill do you draw on to do that, Earl? So again, something I've learned long ago in my, my career is uh, patience. 
Uh, and so I've, I've figured out through coaching, doing different personality that I am an impatient person as a whole. And so it's something, anytime I make a decision, it's like, am I being patient in this decision? And the other piece is to, I surround myself with, uh, really close advisors, you know, as part of my leadership team. And I, I, I run ideas by them going, when I was creating the roadmap, there was like literally, you know, hundreds of things I, I wanted to do next year. We can't do that, you know. Um, so yeah. it's like, okay, we need to put this to the year after, and it's really doing a force ranking there. But it's that patience and understanding that, and, and understanding what is the truest need, and start chipping away at it. So um, when you're trying to tackle something and you have limited resources, okay, what can we do to free up resources? Let's tackle that first, because now we have more resources that we can apply to tackle more things, and really chipping away at that. But patience has been a, a skill that has taken me a long time to learn um, because I want everything now, 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 mm-hmm. it just can't happen. So it's, it's being calm, being patient um, and continuing that communication uh, with our leadership team and going, here's the plan. And, you know, that's, I've been very deliberate in the, in the marketing plan that I've had on this strategy is to get their buy-in to embrace them that this is not a plan I'm going on by myself. This is a plan that we as a company are going on together. And having that buy-in there allows everyone to really have a decision, have a focus, and feel that they have input in, in the process. So are you giving um, patience coaching? Because I have a techie husband and two teenagers. I could seriously <laughs> use some help with that one. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a great point, though. I think patience, especially when, you know, what we do, it's, it's not just business, it's humans, right? We're working with humans all the time. And you have to figure out how to exercise that patience muscle. Otherwise, it gets frustrating for them. And then you lose yes. that empathy and that trust. And um, I think it's great that you've actually been working on that. I've never even thought of it, but probably should be something I add to my list. Um, you know, lifelong learning, going back to what you were saying before, is such an important, it's almost a skill at this point, right? Just that need and desire to constantly want to grow. You know, the people, the salespeople that I work with are mostly technology salespeople, and you're working with um, a technology team. Tech changes at the speed of light. I mean, it is bananas how quickly things change. How do you not keep up with it? without becoming obsolete, whether you're in sales or whether you're in um, as an IT person. Either way, you have to keep up with the technology piece of it and then the communication piece of it, the leadership type skills of it. And that's a hard, it's a hard thing to do anyway, especially when you don't have in your, um, in your schedule, you know, this is what I need to do to learn. So I think it's great that you're kind of making it important for your team to do that. Um, I wish more organizations were putting some focus on that lifelong learning kind of capability. I think it's an important skill and it's something any job I've ever had is one of the things I look forward to my leadership. And, and I'm blessed uh, where I'm at now is uh, Rob Mulligan, our CEO, is, is a strong believer in uh, in that also. And mm-hmm. so carving out time for the team, again, it's not only from a professional stance, but it's also from a personal stance. We as individuals can always continue to become better. And I, my hope is I'm learning till you know, the day I die, which knocking woods many years from now, but you know, mm-hmm. the, the, it continues uh, every single day of my life. Yeah. I usually say the minute I stop learning, I might as well be dead. So same right. thing, right? It's like, that's what, mm-hmm. that's kind of the lifeblood. Um, I think that helps us all be successful. So I'm totally going to shift gears. I have to go back uh, to what we were talking about active listening, because this is something I think that's going to benefit the folks on the phone. So one of the things that I coach um, the sales leaders that I work with and even, you know, see CEOs to ask during interviews, because we all know right now, talent is such a challenge. It's so hard to get top talent right now. 
I typically ask them to, at the beginning of the interview, kind of tell a story, right? A story about themselves, about their family, something interesting. So for salespeople, not hard, right? They're used to building rapport. But then at the end of the interview, ask a couple questions about what you said in that story. And you'll be able to find out very quickly who was listening and who was not. And if they weren't listening, you get busted, but it's really interesting to see how they work their way out of it, right? Like, shoot, you're right. I should have been doing that. I wish I was working on it. So I wanted to, I I know I totally took us off track, but that I think everyone listening right now, regardless of your role, if you're hiring talent, listening is critical. Don't care what industry. Mm -hmm. So it's a little, you know, it's a little mean, a little tricky, but it will get you what you need to know. Otherwise, good luck trying to judge if someone's a great listener in your meetings, in your interviews rather. Uh, Nita, I can say I just added another tool to my toolbox. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, love cool. that one. So in my first patience lesson for free. Woohoo! Next. <laughs> and I think it's not so far offline. You talked about taking us offline from where we were talking. I think that's a huge part of marketing and sales is it's storytelling, but it's making sure that the story is being heard, right? Because the story may not resonate. It may not land. You may have someone that's distracted uh, and whether you're uh, a, a tech salesperson or whether you're a CIO who has to market and sell their ideas to the rest of the business, you have to make sure that it's being heard. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's not being heard, then it, all that effort was wasted. And when we do focus on communication, yeah. it's impossible. We can't just ask questions. We have to do the active listening part of it. So it's just, right. it goes hand yeah. in hand. Um, in the classes I teach, that's the first lesson. Research, questions, and active listening. And I think that's the foundation for any good leader um, and it serves well to any role, especially people that are trying to go into leadership, sales or IT, et cetera. Well, it is time for my favorite part of Status Go, which is the call to action. And <laughs> you know this, Earl, because I know you've listened to the I show have. before. Anita, you've been on the show multiple times. We like to make sure that we leave our listeners with a very clear and solid call to action. What can they do differently tomorrow because they listened to this conversation today? So Earl, I'm gonna start with you and then Anita, I'm gonna have you answer that as well. So Earl, what's something they should do tomorrow? So one of the things I've found important throughout my career, uh, especially as a leader is, is really, again, creating that marketing, that communication plan. And it's not only at the, the initial sell of the product, uh, it's also as throughout the life of the product. And that message needs to resonate throughout when you're in development, when you're in testing, here's why we're doing this, here are the benefits. And then ultimately at launch, build that excitement to for each and every individual. And you build that excitement by understanding what do they want, what do they need, and focus on that need. And, and then you drive it home and you continue that message. That in itself will, will almost guarantee a successful launch. I love that. Build that communication plan as part of your product life cycle. Anita, we're at the end of the third in our series. Mm-hmm. What's a call to action? Thinking back on your conversation with Ryan, with Mike, with Hannah, uh, and now with Earl, what should our audience do differently? I think, I mean, it goes back to communication. If there's one theme that has been consistent throughout all of these conversations, and by the way, all leadership conversations that are trying to drive positive change, um, it Mm -hmm. is the communication. And I think sometimes people don't feel comfortable trying to create communication plans or, uh, you know, trying to drive change without having a communication plan. You're kind of stuck. 
So what I would say is if you can do nothing else, just start with the who, what, when, where, why, how. This goes back to kind of my journalism background. Just get a piece of paper, get on the whiteboard. Once you can pull that together, you're in good shape. Um, you know, and just in terms of figuring out where your head, just getting your head on straight on how you're going to communicate. And then hand in hand with that, based on what we talked about today, I think, Earl, what you said was really important. As leaders of IT organizations, as CIOs or VPs of IT, it's really important to take some time and listen and understand your people, right? Because we're asking this IT team to go out there and you know, have great conversations, do listening, be curious. It, it starts kind of with the leader. So exactly what you did, get to know them because you're going to need to meet them where they're at when you start to try to coach and guide them into the skill sets that you need to. So really important upfront, just make sure you learn your people. That's excellent advice. I, I love the the journalism reference of who, what, when, where, starting with those basics and then understanding your people. Great, great advice. Earl, Anita, thank you so much for being on Status Go today. I've enjoyed this conversation and I really appreciate you taking the time spending it with us. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank and you. Thanks, Earl. I've learned so much from you just from this um, interview. Thank you. I got a tool in my toolbox, so. Yay, yay, <laughs> Sounds like we all learned today. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Thanks, Jeff. To our listeners, I hope you also have some tools in your toolbox after listening to this conversation as well as the others in this series. If you have any questions or you want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will have links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Anita Nielsen and Earl Shaw. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.